Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still very much knee-deep in tech. This is episode 99, and as we've already discovered more than once, 99 does not necessarily mean that it is the 99th episode. No. No, we still suck at math. We have another guest. Yes. And this one is something very different. Yeah. So, yeah. welcome, Ulrika. Who are you and what do you do? Why am I very different? <laughs> because I'm a female? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because we generally find, I was about to say, crusty technical people. <laughs> and here we have found someone with a deep passion for the user mm. and actually getting shit done. Mm. So please introduce yourself and, and tell us what you do. Okay, so probably before I talk about my passion and what I do, I have to tell you about my background because otherwise I don't think your listeners will want to listen to what I say. So first of all, I have a very technical background. Mm -hmm. I have a master's of science in electrical engineering mm -hmm. from Cote oh. Royal Institute of Technology. And uh, my father was one of the pioneers in the computing you know, industry. So I've grown up my entire life with computers. And um, even before I started um, studying, I've worked in a computer shop. And I built computers with hard drives and motherboards. And you know, so, so I have a very technical background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With that said, my true passion is really about what the technology brings to the users. And this is what I now, you know, spend my, my day doing. Helping end users get more value out of technology. So one of the things that we keep harking about is technology is not a means to an end. It is a tool and it's all about the people. What's your view on, on where to draw the line between the technology and, and the people and the business? Well, I absolutely believe that technology is for people, but I feel that there is a divide between tech-savvy people mm -hmm. and normal business users. It sometimes feels that tech users, IT professionals, want it to sound very complicated, just because then you know they have their you know their power and their knowledge. Mm. And I think this is wrong. I think it should be the other way around. You should talk about technology in a way that simplifies it. I always say that, okay, if I were to explain this to my mother, this is what I would say. Now, my mom is not stupid, far from it, but she's not technology savvy. So explaining something to her, I have to talk in a language that she understands. Do you have any trainer background? Have you done any courses as, uh, as informal training courses? Have you been teaching? Because th that, that way of, of simplifying things is, is generally indicative of someone who with, with a long experience in teaching. So no, I mean, like I said, I have a master's of science uh -huh. in electrical engineering, and then I went and got an executive MBA from London Business School. So I have the technical background and I have the business, you know, um, business education. Um, and I have done a lot of presentations. Mm -hmm. When I used to work at Microsoft, um, that's what I did. I went out and I presented uh, to people. And that's also in my business what I do today I tell stories to people, but I do this um, through video. So I don't normally go out in person and meet people. We do it through video-based storytelling. 
Interesting. What, what would you say would be the main differences between presenting in in an actual room with people mm. or presenting over video? What what do you need to think about when you change the way your listeners, your learners consume the story? Mm. So, of course, the best way to learn and uh, the best way to to tell a story is to meet with someone to sit like we're doing now to see each other's expressions and to see when you're nodding or yeah. smiling that is the 100% it will always be the best but if you look at the world that we live in today this is not always possible and we are uh, people are distributed in different time zones different countries different parts of the world and if we want to take knowledge and if we want to take storytelling and we want everyone in the world to take part of that the only way to do that is through technology yep. and to do it through you know digital storytelling now um, what i think is important to think about when you are in front of a camera instead of human you know yeah. humans yeah. is that you have to imagine that that camera is a person and that you are talking to a person you're not standing in front of a camera no and that's something I would say is quite hard. Be both me and Alexander do video courses for plural sites. And I've usually done my courses after my family has gone to sleep. And at that point, I'm not really interested in human interaction, <laughs> but I need to present it in a way that appeals to the learners. So I absolutely agree with you. And that's something I personally work a lot with in being able to do. But sometimes it can be hard. Uh, I... When I present, I'm usually very, like, I, I use a lot of feelings when I present. I'm not as clinical as some presenters are, which isn't a bad thing. But I get so much energy from seeing people. And that's something I try to change when I do video courses as well, to keep that, like you said, the same feeling for video, because that really goes through the camera. Mm. The other thing that is, of course, difficult is that um, to be a good trainer... Um, you are there for the audience and you need to take input from the audience and change whatever it is that you're telling to meet their expectations and their questions and their needs. And that you cannot do uh, if you are um, doing a, you know, a presentation or a training on a video because you don't know no. who your audience is. And that's, that's a good point. So I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around one thing. Uh, not only do you have excellent technical training and an MBA, but nowhere in that training can I find storytelling. So storytelling has to have come from somewhere else. Mm. When did you figure out that storytelling was a way of, of getting your point across? That's a good question. I don't know. I think I've always um, loved stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember uh, when I was skiing as a child and we would go up the, the lift and it was so boring. You know, in Sweden, it's quite <laughs> cold uh, and you're standing there. And my dad used to say, OK, let's let's tell a story. Mm -hmm. So he would, you know, start telling a story about these bunnies. Yeah. And then he would hand it over to me and then I would continue the story. And then we would go back and forth and we would do this every, you know, every time we went down the slope. And then it continued. I started working at Microsoft at the same time, basically, as I started my um, uh, my um, Master's of Science. And um, when um, 
I started in a team that was actually called Show Team. <laughs> so oh. we went out. <laughs> it sounds like we went out like <laughs> dancing and tapping and <laughs> that was not what we did. So I went out and I talked about SQL Server 6.5 and <laughs> yeah, uh, OLAP cubes. Um, but uh, now I lost my train of thought. But I think, you know, so, so, so I think I can't say, you know, a time, a point in time when, you know, storytelling became an aha moment. I just had that with me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I continued telling stories when I was on stage. And, and even this was now many years ago, but um, um, Microsoft were together with TV4. We're doing uh, this TV show about technology. So they wanted to have something that was not techie. So yeah. they, they brought in people like Alex and Kalle Schulman. And uh, then they, they brought in me uh, as like the IT strategy person. And I brought in another one of my friends from, from uh, Kotihua to be like, who was like the real technical, like geek uh, yeah. tech nerd. And then we had another person, Uwe. And we were like the, the finally tech team. And we went around uh, with uh, this uh, car and we helped people in their house houses and homes with, with technology. And when we worked on these episodes, I was very engaged in the story. Like, how could we solve this? How could we use technology? And, you know, in this house, well, maybe we could use, um, you know, cameras here. Or we could use this. So, so even there, I, I loved the way that we could combine technology, but with the storytelling. And for me, that was also a, a real insight into the TV world. I had never, you know, done, done, t I've done webinars yep. with Microsoft, but I had never done, like, pr professional TV. Um, so that was, you know, a great insight to see how that worked. Um, and I think after that, I, I left Sweden. I went to um, work for Microsoft in uh, the Middle East in the United Arab Emirates. And uh, uh, I continued with uh, not storytelling, but with, with the technology and the value propositions that it has. But then I, you know, I decided to resign and, and set up my own company and do, you know, storytelling with technology full time. And that's a great segue into like the next. We are here at Experts Live in Prague. Mm. Uh, what have you done here since yesterday? What have you been presenting on mm -hmm. and so on? Yeah, so I was invited to talk about, my session was called Microsoft Teams, Productivity Friend or Foe. So Microsoft Teams um, is, uh, I shouldn't say that it's new anymore, but it's, it's uh, for, for many organizations, it's, it's a relatively new uh, collaboration tool. Yeah. So uh, it is a hub for collaboration that brings together a lot of Microsoft 365 or Office 365 applications in one. And uh, personally, for me, it has transformed the way that I work. So we do not use any email at all internally in our company. We only use Teams. I only use email with the outside world. And this has helped in uh, really focusing on work. Yep. So I decide when I work, I decide when I want to communicate with the outside world. And it really helps me to um, you know, have a much closer uh, collaboration with my team. So we're 11 people. We are in the U.S., in Sweden, in Denmark, and in the United Arab Emirates. And we can get on a video call whenever we need. We can share things. It's much more fun because in Microsoft Teams, you have different ways of expressing yourself using emojis and GIFs and expressions. So it's a much more um, you know, um, collaborative, expressional way of working. That makes it also a lot more fun. 
But this new type of um, collaboration tools also require a change in behavior, a huge change in behavior, going from using email uh, and Perhaps some people like organize their email into different folders and there's a neat structure and and, and it seems it's not that way at all. It is a you can think of it as a big pile with information and you have to tune in uh, to what you need to listen to and what you need to know. Um, And this is a radical change in how people work. And again, going we talked about, you know, different generations and different people. People that are used to, you know, Outlook, uh, you know, there's a letter icon and there's like a file icon. If you look at the new generation, they don't even know what a letter is. Like they can't even send send a postcard. Um, And so these icons and this way of working, it's totally foreign to them. They are used to, you know, Snapchat, WhatsApp, notifications coming in from everywhere. And they are they thrive in that environment because they're connected and they know how to tune in and they know how to you know what to to turn off but again other generations that are used to a more organized way of working for them this can be extremely stressful and not productive at all so In my session, I talked about what do organizations have to do to look at their employees, uh, look at their experiences and their their view of technology, uh, what their needs are, and how can they give them a good introduction to what Teams is. And this is what we do with Storials, right? So we provide organizations with a way to provide users stories and provide them through video video-based storytelling to help users understand what, you know, how to use these tools, uh, but also how they work and how they can use them in everyday life to be productive. Because that's the end goal, right? Like we want to use these tools to be productive. And I think you said a number of things that I would like to come back to. I think one of the points that you made was this, many today doesn't even know how to send a postcard. And one of the things you can do here at Experts Live is actually sending postcards. Have you done that yet? Yes. <laughs> so I sent one <laughs> to my to? my daughter. She's <laughs> two and a half. And oh. I actually <laughs> write, uh, did wrote exact that thing that this is a postcard. Mm. Your mom and I used to send these when we were young. <laughs> so now you're getting one. And I think that's a very vital point to remember. Mm. As the same thing as you said with the folder structures. Mm. Because if you look at it from the perspective that have we changed the way we work the latest like 60 years? We haven't. Like the structure we use in Outlook, in File Explorer, it's basically file cabinets, but digital ones. Mm. So when you say you have a pile of information in Teams, that's very true. And it, it's actually a complete different way of approaching information. And therefore, it's not hard to understand that people feel threatened by it or scared to use it. Mm. So what would you say is the is the key that usually gets people to start work with teams? What's the first thing that they realize that this is actually useful to me? So something I also said in my session, I think is very important, is that you need to give users a good first impression of using Teams and a first good experience. And first of all, you need to, uh, uh, first you have to look at, is Teams a good fit for this type of collaboration? 
And again, Teams is amazing for internal um, collaboration. And when I mean internal, I don't mean just you know within your organization. It could be with external people as well, but it has to be like a, a close, um, you know, where you work closely together. Yeah. It's not good for random communication once or you know twice a month. No, that's not that's not what you should use teams for it's also great for you know communication within your organization yep. so you need to look at okay what is the what is the kind of first uh, experience and here if you look at an organization i think a leadership team is a perfect uh, team for using teams yep. if you think about it a leadership team they're quite um you know it's a very defined team yep they need to share a lot of information together and the information should also be available to everyone. Yep. You do not want two people in the leadership team to have you know, secrets from the others. Everything should be transparent to everyone in the leadership team. You have different things that you want to discuss in different, you know, different channels. Different people might discuss different things. So th that, for instance, I think is a, is a perfect you know, starting yep. point. Yep. But of course, everyone is not in a leadership team. So then you could look at, you know, okay, so what are we, a project team, project group? Uh, even if you're working in a departmental uh, team where you have a lot of communication, that's also great. Yep. So first of all, find a team th and a constellation for where you're actually communicating a lot. So that's the first one. The second one is that you need to give users that introduction to what it is. Yep. And to set the expectations that, okay, now we're only going to use Teams. You can trust that everything you need to know, everything that you want to talk about is in Teams. You shouldn't have to go to email or to any other you know, channel. Yep. It's all here. And you have to kind of set those rules. That's the other thing. And then, of course, the training. And you have to give users training and an introduction to what it is. Um, and again, that's where, you know, Storials can help. Uh, and give that introduction. Um, so, and when you have that, and you kind of practice that, you get the introduction, and then you practice. It's always yeah. about doing as well as learning. Then I think you can have an amazing experience using Teams. So, I'm I'm kind of curious because we have the same notion of a pile of data in in my my neck of the woods because I do I do data SQL Server Power BI that kind of stuff, and it's called a data lake. And a data lake, you can pretty much pour anything into. However, a data lake tends to turn into a data swamp if you don't keep track of what you have in it and, and if you don't keep track of your organization. I'm starting to get the feeling that a, a less than optimal uh, Teams implementation can kind of turn into the same kind of swamp. How do you handle governance and how do you handle, for instance, just keeping track of the information in the conversations? Because if I have an email, I can just search for whatever. Can I do the same in Teams and how does it work? Mm. So it's, it's a very, very valid point. And um, a lot of organizations that have started using Teams and especially that have started using Teams without any introduction uh, to how it actually used, uh, they start you know, creating teams and channels left and right uh, without any you know, structure. And this is what I mean. If you don't give users um, you know, an introduction to how it works and you start creating teams left and right, people are not going to get a good, good experience. So that's the first thing. Um, secondly, unfortunately, the, the product itself uh, is not that advanced yet that you have a good way to reallocate uh, teams and channels. So say that you start one team 
and you create lots of channels and one of the channels actually grows so you want to convert that into a team or you want to move that channel from one team to another you can't do that today so there are a lot of kind of uh, um, uh, issues uh, with the technology um, Microsoft are working yep. on it it will get better but these are important things to think about you know when you start using teams so that's one. Um, and um, th the other way is that, um, and, and again, that goes back to, you know, user behavior. Um, in teams, when you do conversations, um, you can actually create like a subject uh, for a conversation and then people reply to that subject, just like you would in an email. But a lot of users don't know this, so they start creating new threads all the time. And uh, there's th again, there's no structure. So I think again that, you know, there are a lot of things that are, um, you know, that, that users need to have a good introduction to it. And then you also have to kind of put, um, you know, how do we use different channels? So we have some channels in our organization that are totally free. People can, you know, conversate about ev anything and everything. Yep. We have other channels that we use in our media production that are very strict. Every conversation has a subject, which is a name of our videos. Uh -huh. And then... Every, you know, update we make, new translations, new updates, we've, you know, updated the audio, the intro, all of those conversations are only related to that thread, to that video. So every time we create a new video, we create a new subject in that channel. And so that's how we keep, we still keep track of it, like more structured in an Excel spreadsheet. But in the Excel spreadsheet, we can conversate, we can, yep. co you know, talk about it, but we can do that in teams. So there are also different types of teams and different types of communication that you can use it for. Holy cow. So <laughs> I, I, I seriously thought I had a pretty good grasp on teams. I didn't know you could do threads. I didn't know you could do topics. So here we go again. <laughs> I'm we have learning learned things. <laughs> yeah. Good. So do you have any, I, I know that something I still really enjoy in my work is when I get to get out and actually meet users. Mm. Like we, we work with the infrastructure at usually a very high level and rarely get to meet the people that are it directly affected about what we do. Mm. But I've over the years gathered a number of success stories on a personal level so people that have come up to me and said that this this thing you have done and or that idea has done has really changed the way i am or i do my work mm. do you have any have any like personal success stories that you're really proud of on a like you have met someone which have told you that this like teams as an example have really changed the way i work mm. or interact for me this is on a daily level yeah. and this is what really keeps me going. <laughs> I mean, I you can look at it, you know, what is it that drives people? You know, is it, uh, is it money? Is it power? Is it fame? You know, what is it that drives yeah. them? I get goosebumps when I see a message from a user that says, you know, thank you. Now, yeah. you know, I've learned this. I've learned something new and now I, I'm excited to, to learn more. Uh, just yesterday, I sent a post because I was so happy. We're, we're running a project with a Swedish municipality. Yep. And um, I saw one of the guys posted on his Facebook that, oh, I've become a teen's ninja. Uh, I <laughs> just did this Storios topic. I got the certificate. I'm so excited to learn more. And when I saw that, you know, I just, I'm so happy because that is exactly 
what I f- feel is my, you know, my, you know, reason for doing what I do is to help others enjoy using these tools and feel empowered. Yeah. Um, so, and again, my, my, I have courses on, on Udemy, uh, on lots of different places, and I get these, um, you know, videos on YouTube and the encouragement and the feedback and the comments. Uh, that's what really keeps me going. With that said, there is also um, a flip of the coin. Yeah. Um, when you are a, you know, when you share knowledge and when you share a lot about yourself, also on, on social media and in social channels, um, there are a lot of people that attack you. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm fortunate in the way that, that the technology world is, is very um, supportive. Yeah. So most of the time it is supportive. Um, but sometimes there are a lot of comments. Um, and I try you know, not to take those to heart. But we're all human beings, right? Absolutely. So things hurt. Um, but with that said, I, you know, I continue to share. And uh, the positive responses and the encouragement are you know, so overwhelming. So that keeps yeah. me going. Especially when you come to that level you just told us about that. Someone did a course at work mm. with a very technical topic, but shared it in their social media channels as a private person. Mm. That, that person was really proud of what he or she had achieved mm. and that must be like th- one of the best feedbacks you can get it's important enough for a user to share it on a personal level mm. something they've learned at work yeah so i, I absolutely get why you get goosebumps mm. by that <laughs> and this is this resonates with we're both mvps so we're all about sharing with the community mm. and it's the same thing that you're doing sharing pretty much paying it forward because what you give is what you're going to get back and then you have kind of a self-sustaining system mm. so very very interesting indeed and i still can't believe that i didn't know about topics <laughs> <Okay>, so <laughs> there's t- subjects yeah. so you you know when you have a, you know you have your little in your conversations and teams mm-hmm. there's this little format button so you can open up a big text box window where you get rich editing tools there you have a subject line Rich editing tools. We, we should really <laughs> have <laughs> made Are a video of this. The same <laughs> teams. I'm now deeply Swedishly cranked. <laughs> <laughs> How is this even possible? I, I think you can have a discussion with Rika later yes, on we'll to go it. some courses. <laughs> I will definitely do that. And on that bombshell, yeah. it's actually time to end the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I have learned a ton, as is usually the case. So you can probably teach old people to sit. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> so thank you very much. We'll be back in about a week. So I'll see you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.